0: Today
1: on CityCast Pittsburgh, for Western Pennsylvanians, you might have watched the election in Ohio earlier this week and wondered how voters in a red state codified access to abortion and recreational cannabis. We're talking about that process and why it's a little more complicated here in the Commonwealth. Plus, good news if you're planning a European vacation anytime soon, Pittsburghers can get flights to Iceland without a layover. It's November 10th, the Friday News Roundup. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. I'm with CityCast Mary Lee Williams. Good morning from your closet. I love this view.
2: Thank you. Uh, Good morning. I have uh, jerry-rigged my phone flashlight to at least offer some light so you can see my face. There's a
1: little glimmer from behind.
2: It's actually uh, light from the heavens <laughs> shining down upon me.
1: And we're with reporter uh, for Spotlight PA, Ed Mahen. Welcome back to CityCast, Ed.
3: Thank you so much. Great to be here.
1: So we wanted to cover a few, I don't know, lingering thoughts from this week's election. Um, it seemed like maybe there were a few surprises on this side of the state.
2: Yeah. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please go check out Wednesday's post-election show that we did. Uh, the team worked really hard on it, and you'll learn a lot about a couple of the key races that uh, that happened here in Western PA.
1: And Ed, I know you've been covering some of these issues you know, for months and months, in some cases, years and years. Um, we thought it could use a little bit of additional insight. Um, first up, of course, earlier this week, Ohio voters approved two ballot measures, one for abortion protections and the other to legalize marijuana. Both are gonna be added to the state's constitution as amendments, which of course does not mean that they won't face additional challenges later, but we wanted to talk about how it happened. Ed, what do you understand? And can you like kind of digest for us exactly how Pennsylvania's current process works for amending the constitution? Cause it is so different than Ohio's.
3: It's super different and it's super restrictive and it's not uh, accessible to the public in the same way at all. So in Pennsylvania, you need the legislature, the Senate, and the House to pass the same proposed constitutional amendment
1: to get along. You need them to all talk to each other. And yeah, get have along. To, they have to
3: get along. They have to do it once, and then they have to wait, and then they have to do it again in the next legislative session. So legislative sessions are two years. So in theory, they have to do it, you know, a year or two later, and then after that, then it only, then and only then does it go to the voters. Um, and so it doesn't. The governor has no say in that constitutional process. And in Ohio, I think the threshold is a thousand people signing a petition, and then they have to go through that some formal process. But it's the public who gets a re- is able to do that. And I can go on, but it's the it's one of the reasons we don't have a higher minimum wage in Pennsylvania, and a bunch of other more traditionally righter states do. And it's a reason why you're seeing this marijuana and abortion things go through too.
1: Yeah. I mean, gosh, it is it's upsetting kind of to look at what ballot initiatives have been passed in other states where this is a thing. Um, It's just it's one nice thing after another that Pennsylvanians don't really even get to like have a conversation about.
2: And yeah, I lived in Ohio for a while. I actually worked there for a bit. And one of the things that I think is really interesting about these citizen led constitutional amendments is that it really does kind of create a vibrancy, I think, in people wanting to be involved or get involved in how to secure things in their state that maybe they want or want to protect or even maybe in some cases fight against.
1: Yeah. And it it sounds like there's multiple ways to do it, too. If you're an Ohio resident, you can add a statute to the revised code, you can bring a referendum to repeal an existing law, um, or you can do what they did just now, add like a new article or a piece of new article to the Constitution. They have so many options.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mentioned the minimum wage. I did a big thing about this, like in uh, 2019, looking at the states that had passed minimum wage increases. That it were, was great
1: reporting. We'll put it oh, in the show notes. Oh, thank
3: you. Yeah. it was like, they're redder than us. And I think it was, you know, there was like of the 30 states that voted for Donald Trump in 2016. More than a third had a minimum wage above the federal level. And most of them had done it through ballot referendums. And that includes Ohio, where they passed a minimum wage increase in 2006, and then they tied it to inflation. So it automatically goes up. And so now, In January, it's going to be $10.45, which is, you know, Pennsylvania's is still in that $7 range minimum wage. I mean, the polling also is, Franklin and Marshall College had a poll that 67% of the state's registered voters support increasing the state's minimum wage.
1: You're talking about here in Pennsylvania? Here
3: in Pennsylvania, here in Pennsylvania. And then also fifty-nine more relevant to this, 59% of registered voters support recreational marijuana. Um, But you just see a lot of issues that, you know, don't come up for a vote ever, you know, and that's sort of the big issue is getting get not even getting them to pass the legislature, but getting them the legislature to vote on them.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to note, you know, you mentioned it just very, very briefly there. This like isn't a GOP or Democratic thing. Like Ohio is in every way GOP controlled the House, the Senate, the governor's office. But they still manage to do this because the citizens can go around them. And that's the difference with Pennsylvania
3: yeah, and I mean, I don't recall, I mean, I've been doing this for a while. any any serious effort to change the process in Pennsylvania to to make it more I wondered with yeah, I mean, the last time I remember conversations about this was like two thousand and five pay raise when the whole, if anybody remembers, there was a pay raise in the middle of the night for legislatures that legislators in Pennsylvania. People were very mad. A lot of people lost election after the fact. And that's when I remember conversations about it, but I I mean, they didn't go far. And I think they didn't go far because to change the constitution, you need the legislature to agree to change the constitution. And that's doesn't seem likely.
2: Yeah. To change the constitution, would you have to also to change how you add things to the constitution? Would you have to do a constitutional amendment to change it? Which is kind
3: of, I I think that that would be one way. That would be one way. And I think some people have talked about a constitutional convention, but either way you need, you need buy-in from the legislature to do either one of those
1: god that sounds so revolutionary of us um there was one thing that i saw that i thought was like kind of interesting about how our process has to work you know with having it approved over and over and over again with these waiting periods is that one of the stipulations is that the language needs to be advertised in at least two newspapers in every county for a given period i am skeptical that there are actually two newspapers representing every county in the commonwealth right now
3: that's a really good question. I don't know if they've, yeah, if that's like still enforced in any way. Shape form, how could that, it yeah, be? How could it be? Because, yeah, um, maybe it's two blogs now, two, <laughs> <laughs> two tweet, two tweets, two tweets, yeah.
0: Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's gonna be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be at mattress.org.
1: So, Ed, let's jump in with what's happening with cannabis here in Pennsylvania. Um, can you walk us through, I guess, briefly what is legal right now and what is not?
3: Sure. So medical mar- getting the medical marijuana card is legal. And once you have a medical marijuana card from a doctor, then you can go to a dispensary in Pennsylvania. And there are hundreds of thousands of people who do and at these dispensaries, you can get pills, oils, topicals, you can get dry leaf, and it's allowed to be vaporized but not smoked, according to the regulations, um, tinctures, and li- and liquids as well. And edibles aren't legal, and there's been a push to, to legalize them as well. So that's what's legal in Pennsylvania. We don't have recreational marijuana, unlike... Every state around us will, except for, except West, Virginia. for West
1: Virginia. Yeah, yeah, West, yeah
3: exactly. <laughs> West Virginia. And it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting how they've all done it. I think New York, New Jersey, traditional legislative process, right? At Delaware, the Democratic governor was opposed, but finally gave up on vetoing it uh, fairly recently. Maryland was a, a, a referendum and then now Ohio, this referendum as well.
1: Do we have any sense of how quickly having legal cannabis in Ohio could maybe affect us here in the Pittsburgh area? Um, because it sounds like there's no residency requirement right now. So I can imagine like folks in the Pittsburgh area who might want to take part could very easily jump over the border.
2: Well, the time will be about whenever the amendment goes into place and the stores open, it'll be that plus three hours. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly.
2: <laughs> that is exactly how long it will take to impact people in Pennsylvania. Sorry, when I said three hours, I realized I was referencing how long it
1: takes to get to Columbus. <laughs> I wasn't going to challenge you on it. It's a, it's like an hour or less, depending on where you live. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be like fireworks stores and those liquor uh, yeah. stores where they're going to put them right on the border. And a reminder, by the way, to everyone, it is illegal to transport cannabis over state lines into Pennsylvania. Just putting that out here on the record.
3: I was looking at their their actual amendment. I think it's something about like 30 days. But it, I don't know all the details. I know in Maryland, it took them, you know, months to get the system up and running. Uh, I think they they planned it out to give themselves like six months or so to actually have it up and running to have dispensaries. When Um, you say
1: system, like, is it radically different than what we, I say we, but like what people already have, um, the medical system versus the recreational system? Are they separate?
3: I think each state does it differently. I think some states fold it into the medical system and some state. Uh, <laughs> of
1: course we do it differently. Yeah, Why would it, it be the same?
3: Yeah, exactly. Why would it be the same? So, I mean, I think it's just like whether you uh, have your own stores that do it or whether you fold it into the these marijuana, these medical stores become recreational stores as well is is sort of a, one of the questions. And that's one of the questions people are talking about in Pennsylvania too.
2: I know, Ed, you've done so much reporting on kind of the whole back structure that has like come to exist to kind of even support what Pennsylvania has.
3: Yeah. And, you know, with with the doctor stuff, I mean, that's sort of you know, one of the issues you hear in Pennsylvania is that for good or bad, that a lot of people think that anybody can essentially get a card because of how loose our rules are. Uh, we have telemedicine now, which was added during COVID and then, and then made permanent. But basically, you can um, you have places advertising their ability to give you certifications pretty quickly without any documentation. And so there's a question of, especially for an issue like anxiety, which a lot of people have mm-hmm. anxiety on, you know, intermittent anxiety, but not a clinical anxiety. And, and sort of asking someone like if I called up a place, like I whether I have like, I feel anxious occasionally, is that anxiety disorder? Like I how am I as a layperson actually gonna know? Whether I meet a clinical definition or not. So you're relying on the doctor, but if the doctor has this motivation to just approve you based on this whole system, there's a lot of questions about how thoroughly you're getting examined and how thoroughly your whole wellness is being kept in mind.
1: I know there was a hearing recently about cannabis, but it doesn't sound like it was maybe going to yield anything, at least in the short term. Um, Can you kind of catch us up about where we're headed? Um, You know, maybe proposals to change what we have now?
3: yeah, sure there's I mean, there's a lot of ideas floating around in the legislature. there are some ideas to in the Senate, there's a bipartisan bill to sort of overhaul the medical program and loosen a lot of restrictions to get rid of this we have like two dozen qualifying conditions. There's an idea of just getting rid of that qualifying conditions, getting rid of the need to renew your card every year. So basically loosening the medical program up significantly. Uh, there's also a bipartisan bill to legalize recreational marijuana for adults twenty-one and over, and then in the House, there's some bills. I think there's a bill about um, there's different bills or legislation, different ideas about a state-run system similar to our, our liquor stores. And so the House Health Committee had a had a hearing. I think it's the first hearing it's had, definitely this session about recreational marijuana legalization. And you you had a bunch of the the you know usual groups talking about. Um, what their concerns are with this, what they why they think it's necessary, and you heard a lot of big, a big issue with it was the whole illicit market. You know, either way, I think there is a desire to, you know, tamp down the illicit market, and but uh, there's questions about whether that would be effective or not, even with legalization of recreational marijuana. Um, there's also concerns about you know children having access or children being encouraged to use marijuana.
1: I mean, children shouldn't have access to adult Tylenol. Like, this is not, it doesn't have to be a complicated issue.
3: I think the argument that legislators are making is the idea that once you legalize something, you're just uh, giving a sort of quasi-endorsement of it across the board, that it's, it's not that bad, you know?
2: Well, I mean, there are still obviously lawmakers in Pennsylvania who do not support the legalization of cannabis, and even to jump off the point of like concerns about kids getting their hands on it. I mean, that's an argument I've heard before having to do with the edibles is that these edibles, they look like candy. They're gummies, right? I mean, if you go to a a store that sells marijuana in states where it's legal across the board, you can have just about anything you want. You'll see these edibles that are like, they look like cookies or things like that. So I've heard that argument before is like, if we don't want kids to get their hands on it we're we're making things that look edible i think that you might even hear that echoed in like the conversations around vaping and the flavored vapes that we have is like these things are they look delicious
3: do you think people in pittsburgh would drive to ohio to buy marijuana or are there easier ways for them
1: I think depending on your situation in the Pittsburgh area, yes. Mm -hmm. Like if you are the kind of person who had already gotten a medical card, then you may be fine. But if you want more options, number one, or if you're someone who lives maybe in the greater Pittsburgh region and say, for example, you're a gun owner, Mm
2: -hmm. you
1: might want to be able to have access to marijuana because you wouldn't have been eligible for a medical card.
2: Also, like. The medical cards are expensive. Mm-hmm. There, it is. There is a cost barrier for people to get access to this. And if there isn't a cost barrier, and you can drive one hour, and maybe you're already heading that way for whatever reason, like yeah. And I also just think people are going to do it.
1: Trust in the medical system, you know, like you have to engage with the medical system right now. And that's not something that everyone has the privilege or luxury to feel comfortable with. So I think, you know, having a store that you could just pop in and out of with some expertise on site to help you curate whatever it is you're trying to accomplish could be really beneficial to people who maybe don't want to engage on a regular basis in the same way that Pennsylvania has like tried to encourage it.
3: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, because I mean, the certifications themselves, even if they are over the phone or you still have to like, disclose information and maybe people just don't want to talk, but also they cost money. I mean, it's like, you know, an yep. initial certification is is typically like 150 or $200 and then renewing is it varies, but um, it's around that same range.
1: Is there any kind of timeline for what could come next?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no great timeline. I think the House, I I expect them to this a committee to move a bill at some point, you know, probably whether that's early 2024, you know, I would be surprised, but I'm often surprised, but I would expect that the house is going to vote on it. And I would expect them to pass something, but they have a very small majority. So I, I don't know, but I would expect them to, to try to do that. I expect, I expect there'd be a grand big push for that. I mean, I think the big question is the Republican controlled Senate leadership there has talked about, you know, the fact that it's federally federally banned creates all sorts of problems. So they don't want to tackle it until that's resolved. And, you know, they've, on other issues, have shown a willingness to just not act. I mean, and you know, obviously they're 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 in the majority. That's their right to do. And so I think that's the one, The big issue is if they're gonna feel pressure to act, if they're gonna want to act. I mean, there's there's a big push from industry now on this, so maybe that's a factor. You have you are seeing some bipartisan support, but whether the leadership is gonna want to take that up is is a big question. And I feel like it's one of those things where will be surprised when it happens e- either way and maybe it mm-hmm. won't happen maybe it will just be waiting maybe it'll be 10 years from now and it happens hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news
2: really big election news, election coverage this past week. That's basically all anybody has been talking about. But for one little fun thing that I wanted to bring up at the end, for people that are already planning their vacations, uh, for all of you like superstar travel planners, not me, but maybe some of you out there.
1: This is not my life skill.
2: Well, you know, it's hard to plan vacations. <laughs> um, it's, it's very difficult. There's flights, there's hotels, there's, you know, transportation, whatever. But Pittsburgh is getting a new kind of direct flight. So starting in May of 2024, Iceland Air is going to be launching a non a nonstop service to Reykjavik, Iceland. So that's like the the biggest. That's like the big city in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh did have one of these before. I don't know if anybody remembers this era of wow air oh i do
1: i because i almost bought these exact tickets and i got so mad trying to check out with them because they wanted to charge you extra money for everything like for not you you paid a fee to get on the plane you paid another fee to be able to sit down in a specific seat there was another fee for every single thing you might have on your person including there was a shoe charge i sh- you not i was like <laughs> i'm not doing this i refuse i got mad i went another way
3: did you go to iceland though
1: I did go to Iceland. Yes. I want to hear about that. But Just on like another airline. Yes. Another <laughs> airline that did not upset me quite so much.
2: Well, so wow, as you're mentioning, was a a budget airline. So that means that like you 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 get the, the most basic amenities. Right. And then kind of they they build on additional fees like that or like that's how budget airlines are kind of
1: conceptualized by us. If you're willing to go through the headache, then you might get a slight deal.
2: Yeah, I think people might, like, be a little loose with the term budget occasionally because, like, (laughs) some people might call, like, just somewhere with an affordable fare a budget airline. But, like, it all kind of depends. But in this situation, Megan, your experience is valid (laughs) uh, because I also I actually did buy that flight. You went through with it.
0: You bought it. Oh, wow. I
2: I did it. Yeah, I did it. But it was actually really really wonderful. Um, Well, going to Iceland was really wonderful. The flight was fine. Megan, you've been to Iceland, but, Ed... Is there, they get a country where you're like, well, I'd really like to go there. It sounds at least interesting.
3: I would love to go to Iceland. I would, that would be fantastic. That would be amazing. Um, but and- would you
1: come to a place like Pittsburgh to take your direct flight? Because I think that's like the whole point of this, right? Is that it's supposed to make it enticing to fly through Pittsburgh International.
3: I, so I think I feel like I'm like three, I'm in New York, I'm like three hours. I know, you're from not Pittsburgh. close. <laughs> I'm not close. Um, but this whole conversation is maybe, maybe, I don't maybe Baltimore or Philly. I don't know if they have direct flights to Iceland. They would be closer. But I've been meaning to go, I've been to Pittsburgh many, several times in my life, always loved it. But we haven't gone out as a family. So it does add an extra, an extra reason to go to Pittsburgh, I would say.
1: Spend a night or two in Pittsburgh on your way to Iceland. Iceland, that sounds awesome. Well, and I'm excited to see it just as a Pittsburgher because it feels like a lot of our direct flights in the past because Pittsburgh International has gobs of them all over the world. But they're mostly really expensive and seem to be really bent towards business class passengers, Mm. which is fine. But like this, it's nice to see ones like this one where it's like a more economical price for a regular person to enjoy. So I hope they get more of these in the future.
2: If you do go to Iceland, tried to find the horses there because they're really beautiful. And that's like a, I'm not a horse girl, but like these horses are actually gorgeous.
1: that's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Our music is by Benji. Mallory Falk is our fearless leader, and she'll be leaving us for parental leave any day now. We are so excited for her. Mary Lee Williams is, of course, stepping in her place. Our audio producer is Sophia Lowe, aka Al Mooman, produced for us as well this week. Francesca DeBecco writes our newsletter with help this week from Natalia Aldana. I'm your host, Megan Harris. We'll be back on Monday with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend, everyone.
2: From my mind, from my scary closet, I'm just aggressively nodding.